Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Gabby. And I'm Rob. And this is Dark Origins Podcast, a podcast where I tell Rob about the dark origins behind all mediums of art. So movies, TV shows, folklore, songs, books, etc. And sometimes we talk about the times that life has imitated art. Today, we're going to be talking about the murder of Jody Jones. It inspired a song by The Killers called Where Is She? I'll read some of the lyrics at the end so that you guys have a better understanding of the story and the lyrics will make a little bit more sense. Cool. All right. It was a normal night in Dalkeith, Scotland. Located in Midlothian, it seems to be a cute town with a relatively long history. One of Dalkeith's residents, a dog named Mia, made a tragic discovery. She found the mutilated body of 14-year-old Jody Jones behind a high wall in a wooded area. Jody was the girlfriend of Mia's owner, Luke Mitchell. She had left home about five hours earlier to meet up with him, but she never made it. She texted Luke from her mom's phone telling him she was on her way around 5 p.m. And when she didn't show, Luke called her house. Jody's stepdad answered and told him that she had already left. So he just kind of figured maybe she, because she had just gotten off being grounded. Okay. Which I will explain a little bit more later, but he thought maybe she got in trouble. Maybe there was some miscommunication. That's, That's why he didn't call anyone else or do anything else after that. Right. And and he's also 14, right? Or roughly? Yes, they're both 14. Right. So maybe you don't know what to do or you yeah. just, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Million reasons why you wouldn't. Exactly. So when Jody didn't make it home for her curfew, her mom called Luke and asked if she was with him. And he said, no, mm. she didn't make it. So they both set out to search for her. Okay. Luke's dog, Mia, was a German shepherd and was trained to track, so he brought Mia with him to help find her. Great idea. And what they would normally do is there's the path between where they live called Roan's Dyke, and normally he, Luke, would meet Jody at the end near her house, and then they would walk together through there to his house. Sure. On this day, I'm not quite sure why, but he... I think was just going to meet her at his end 
but it's not totally clear if he it's just not totally clear if he went to the other side or not so that was the first place that they searched was Roan's dyke because they knew that you know that's where they were supposed to meet and she right. didn't show up right so they're all out looking for her Jody's family, Luke and Mia, the dog, when Mia alerts to something. So Luke jumps over the wall in that area. And on the other side of the wall was Jody's body. And it was a horrible crime scene. She was partially naked. Her hands were tied with her trousers. And she had been brutally murdered, which I will, we'll talk a little bit more about it as we go. So there was also the initials LM and JJ carved into a tree near the crime scene, which that's Luke Mitchell and Jody Jones are, you know, it matches their initials. But it's not clear if that happened that day or if it had been there. It's just something to note. So before we continue, let me tell you a bit about Jody. She was born in 1989 to James and Judy Jones. She grew up with two older siblings. And she was very close with her older sister, Janine. It sounds like the family was also very close-knit. Both of her parents worked for the Royal Mail until her father committed suicide when Jody was nine years old. This devastated her family. Her mom had to quit her job in order to take care of the kids. And obviously, the trauma left an indelible mark on the family. Everyone who knew Jody said she was a very smart and willful child. She was creative and great at many types of art. She loved poetry and painting. Her mom called her her wee mentor, which is so sweet. Yeah. As Jody grew into a teenager, she went through the same things that lots of teens go through. She experimented with weed and alcohol, and she really leaned into her alternative side. She loved Nirvana and Metallica. Same. Yeah. And this is also around the time that she started dating Luke. Luke also was very alternative, loved Metallica, loved Nirvana. They had a lot of similar interests. And they had been smoking weed together with their group of friends. Sure. That's probably why she got grounded. (laughs) That is why she got grounded. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I can relate. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Jody's journal revealed that she was beginning to develop really strong feelings for Luke, but it's not clear if Luke felt the same way. It sounds like he had another girlfriend behind her back. Oh, Luke. But they're young, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't tell her mom right away about her relationship, but she did tell her sister, Janine. Eventually, Janine told their mom, so they invited Luke to come over and meet them. He met the family for the first time in May 2003, and this murder occurs in June 2003, just to give you a bit of a timeline. Yeah, six or eight weeks later, huh? Well, actually, it'd be like four weeks later, but anyways. I'm bad at math. (laughs) Not too long after this, Judy found out that Jody was experimenting with drugs and forbade Jody from seeing Luke until June 30th. June 30th is the day that Jody was murdered on her way to meet up with Luke. So it probably isn't a surprise that Luke was the first suspect considering Jody was killed on her way to meet up with him and Mm -hmm. with the help of his dog, he found her body. Right. The autopsy revealed that Jody had died from multiple stab wounds and slash wounds, with the majority of them focused on her neck and her torso. Her eyelids, left breast, ears, and mouth had been cut after she died. Mm. And her neck was cut so severely that she was nearly decapitated. Defensive wounds on her arms showed that she tried to fight back, and the police from the very beginning made some controversial choices. 
one of them being they allowed her body to sit out overnight on a sheet with nothing covering it in the rain. It rained that night. So obviously that could easily wash away evidence. 100%. They also interviewed Luke without a parent present, despite the fact that he was underage. Yeah. I don't know. What are their laws like over there? Do you know? Like, Do you have to have consent like you would here? I'm not totally sure, but I think that they claimed that because they were just interviewing him, he didn't need to have a parent with him or have parental consent. Right. But I'm not quite sure how similar the laws are to here Mm -hmm. where like here i think even if you're interviewing a child you need their parent present or need parental consent but i don't know if you don't explicitly need it you probably should get it in case they say something that's exactly yeah yeah and to just not screw you know mess with a young person's mind right exactly Like they're already going through a lot here yeah you know it's just good practice to have you know a family member a parent in there with them uh attorney you know, <laughs> that's the other thing, too. And I think that Luke asked for like, asked, do I need an attorney and asked if he needed his mom in there? And they said, no, we're just interviewing you. You don't need it's fine. So, wow, that's different than here. That's for sure. And or these police are acting independently somehow. Yeah. So the investigation goes along. Police end up arresting Luke after collecting evidence they believed proved his guilt. I'm going to go through and tell you the evidence that they used to prosecute him. So I'm going to be talking kind of about the investigation and what the prosecution used at the same time, if that makes sense. Sure. So one witness came forward and said that she saw Jody and Luke at one end of the path around 450. And another witness claimed to see Luke alone at the other end of the path around 540. One of the witnesses was able to identify Luke in a photographic lineup, but she was not able to identify him in court. And many people feel that the photographic lineup was biased because Luke's picture was the only one that had a blank background and he's the only one that had long hair. And it had been in the newspaper for weeks beforehand that the person Mm -hmm. had long hair. People just don't feel that it was fair. The other thing, too, is usually I think it's best practice to do an identity parade where you have basically a lineup where you have people come in and stand in front of the witness and have them choose in person who they think it is. Yeah, I I think that's what they would do. And you're also supposed to use people who have somewhat similar features. You're not supposed to have one person who obviously has very different features than everyone else. So a lot of people don't really like the the way that they had the witness pick him out. Right. And then also a lot of people point to the fact that she couldn't pick him out in court. Yeah, I mean, we're we're really just looking for reasonable doubt, right? At least here. So I wonder... Carry on. Apparently, Luke's brother, Shane, initially told police that he had seen Luke in the kitchen mashing tatties, which I think means like making potatoes or something. I believe so, yeah. Around the time of Jody's murder, backing up Luke's alibi, Luke's mom also backed up his alibi saying Luke was in the kitchen when she got home from work around 5.15 p.m. But Luke's brother changed his story the next time he was interviewed by police, saying he was actually watching porn in his room at the time, and he clarified that he wouldn't have been doing that if anybody was home. Shane also testified to this, and he added that he had talked with his mom about backing up Luke's alibi before talking to officers the first time, essentially saying that his mom and him conspired to back up Luke's alibi, which does not look good for Luke. Dude, he's 14 years old. Of course he's watching porn. Like And you're trying to save face. No, Luke wasn't watching porn. His brother was watching porn. Yeah. 
Okay. Basically, what that says is is that he didn't see that his brother was there, and if he did, he wouldn't be watching porn. Yeah, exactly. Investigators also believe that Luke owned a four-inch skunting knife because Luke was known to be very into knives. And did you say some. hunting knife? Skunting. I don't. Okay. Cool. I don't know what that is. I'm going to look it up. Okay. But they were not able to find it when they searched his home. Mm-hmm. I've heard that two of his knives were missing, but some sources say one, some say two. Anyways, they thought this was suspicious because it could have been the knife that was used to kill Jody. And when they searched his home again the next year, they found the pouch that the knife goes in, but the knife wasn't in it. And the pouch had Jody's initials and the numbers 1989 through 2003 inscribed on them, which is her birth and death date. They also had Nirvana lyrics inscribed into them. The lyrics that he inscribed were, the finest day I ever had was when tomorrow never came. Mm. So investigators also found this to be very suspicious. They thought that it was like almost like a trophy to him. I don't know about that. Yeah, that to me is, I could very easily see that just being a teenager doing that as like a memorial. Yeah, I mean, maybe she gave him the knife. Who was killed. Right, right. And maybe it's gone or, I mean, it's the other side is, is that maybe he killed her with it. Yeah, and that's the thing is people, there's people who believe both. I mean, that just doesn't prove anything. That's all I'm saying. Right. Yeah. No, I completely agree. It sucks. As we like go through this. bad news, but it definitely doesn't prove anything. Yeah. Yeah. As we go through this, you'll see that a lot of the evidence does not prove anything. And I'm not saying that that doesn't mean that he didn't kill her. I'm just saying that they don't have great evidence and it, okay. he ends up getting convicted. So yeah, having clearly. that, you know, knowledge going through this, it's a little crazy that they were able to find him guilty. So the next piece of evidence that they used was the fact that Luke had a coat that he wore often and witnesses had apparently seen him wearing it on the night of her murder, but investigators were unable to find the coat when they searched the house and they thought that Luke had burned it in the family's log burner in the backyard. They were like, I know where your coat is. Yeah. And some sources said that they weren't actually able to find any evidence that he had burned a jacket in the log burner. They were relying on the neighbor's account that there was a weird smell coming from the house, coming from the log burner. I know what it is. It's the coat. Like, that's really what they did. Like, Yeah, yeah. Come on. It's a 14-year-old kid. Right. Sorry, I mean, now, of course, we're talking about the death of another 14-year-old kid. And this is a lot of, it sounds like there's going to be a lot of very circumstantial evidence and piling up, you know, maybe some people think like, oh, he, he did it for sure. And then, you know, maybe he was just an emo kid like I was when I was 14 and still am kind of, you know, like maybe. That is exactly what a lot of people think is he was kind of singled out because he's kind of weird and a lot of what they point to is the fact that he was into satanic things into metallica he had oh, so so satanic metallica oh gosh i mean he was into like actual satanic things but i mean he's 14 you know i'm 
41 it, and I'm into satanic stuff. It doesn't mean that I'm a devil worshiper. Right, right. I'm, and, just, I'm, I'm playing Diablo 4 like it's going out of style. Even if you are a devil worshiper at 14, that does not mean that you are capable of murder. It doesn't even mean you know what you're talking about. Right, exactly. So it seems kind of similar to like the West Memphis 3 where, you know, there's this kid who's kind of weird and they use that as evidence that he is responsible for committing a murder. Like you said, it is the murder of a 14-year-old girl. So it's very serious and very everyone in the community wanted to catch the person who did it. So I understand if you really believe that someone is guilty, but there's just not a lot of evidence, in my opinion. Like direct evidence. Yeah. And there there's not even a whole lot of circumstantial evidence. Well, let's you keep know? going. So Luke's mom had apparently bought him the exact same jacket at some point afterwards, which they also thought was suspicious. A lot of other people say, well, they took all of his clothes to test, so she was just replacing his clothes. Right. Of course they did. Yeah. He, he, and the kid liked the jacket. Right, yeah. Wait a minute, I thought they couldn't find the jacket. No, they couldn't, but then she bought it anyway because yeah, the yep. jacket's missing. Yeah. Which he could have left anywhere. I don't know how many jackets I've lost in my days. Yeah, exactly. So a search of Luke's phone also showed that he called the speaking clock, which tells the caller the time at 4.54. So police thought that this contradicted Luke's statement that he was home because he would presumably have just checked one of the clocks at home instead of calling. No, I used to call that all the time, no matter where I was. Really? I'd call, oh, yeah. Oh, I've never used that. Well, I don't know if it still exists. Uh, I know yeah. that it was a thing back then and before then. I did it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Just for fun. At the tone, the time will be 2.43 and 50 seconds. Beep. And oh, every 10 seconds. <laughs> The fact that Luke was able to find Jody so easily and could describe the clothes she was wearing and the type of clip that she had in her hair was also suspicious to police. Since it was dark when Jody was found and her clothes were scattered around the crime scene, they thought it would be nearly impossible for him to have known what outfit she was wearing unless he had seen her earlier in the day if they were able to successfully meet up before he murdered her. Okay, so there's a million explanations for that. He could have seen her. She could have told him on the phone. They're 14 years old. She just got gr- un- ungrounded. When I was 14, I got away with all kinds of stuff. You know, like seeing someone before I was supposed to and then not talking about it. Or, you know, there's all kinds of reasons. But I'll say that is kind of, that's like evidence though. Like if you know what someone's wearing and you couldn't have told that, been able to tell that from. Oh. Yeah. Unless like, you know, he mentioned that to her that that was his favorite hair clip. Or he always complimented it, you know, like, and then she would wear it because she wanted to look her best when she sees him for the first time over a week. Yeah, like it could be stuff that she wears quite often and seeing it, even if it was dark, maybe he was able to see a little bit of it. He immediately recognized it because he... That's his girl. Yeah, because he sees her wearing it often. Yeah. Another thing that was used against Luke was the fact that two days after Jody's murder, he purchased a Marilyn Manson DVD that had pictures of women tied together, and he was also in possession of some of Manson's Black Dahlia paintings. They really thought that Luke was obsessed with the Black Dahlia murder, and they thought that he murdered Jody because he wanted to experience what it would be like to carry out a murder like that. Yeah, I mean, basically anybody that listens to Marilyn Manson or ever did 
I mean, you have to know. Yeah, yeah. Like this is that was so common back then. Yeah. Like that's why Eminem said it. He's like, you know, blame it on Marilyn. Yeah, know? yeah. Like every that was so controversial. Yeah, and it again says nothing about whether or not someone is nothing. capable of committing murder. And if you cope with music and art, then it makes sense that two days after he purchased, you know. A DVD. It's, it's if, dark. It's edgy. Oh, that's a whole nother thing. I'm going to get mad. Yeah. Let's carry on. Yeah. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Yeah. <laughs> they also said that because his mom had allowed him to get a tattoo and she signed, she forged paperwork basically and used a fake ID to allow him to get a tattoo. They said that it's clear that she's willing to go to great lengths to lie for her son, which later on the defense is going to argue that that shouldn't have been admissible in court because it's irrelevant. Yeah, it's irrelevant. And they also found his DNA on her bra, I believe, and they found her DNA on his pants. But they agreed before the trial that that could have been innocent transfer. So they weren't going to bring it up because it could have been. They were boyfriend and girlfriend. It's not that crazy that their DNA was on each other. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. So during the trial, the defense argued that investigators only had circumstantial evidence and not enough to point to Luke's guilt. One problem was that one of their two witnesses was unable to identify him in court. Right. They argued that no DNA from Luke was found on Jody aside from that, you know, one piece. Yeah, on small bra. piece on it, yeah. They also stressed that the reason Luke found Jody so easily was because of his dog, because his dog was trained to track. Right. The other thing that they brought up was the fact that a witness said that they had seen a man following Jody, a man who was wearing a backpack and had curly hair. There were two boys called the Moped Boys who had ridden their moped up and down the tracks, and yeah. one of them had curly hair. Mm. And he cut it off. He did, huh? Yes. And so police asked them to come forward because witnesses had mentioned them. Right. And they didn't come forward for five days. So the defense thought that that was kind of strange that they didn't come forward for five days and that one of them just cut all their hair off themselves. Like they didn't even, they had to go get it fixed at a barber oh. because they just lopped it all off themselves. But he didn't have a Marilyn Manson DVD. <laughs> So they thought that that was a little suspicious. Right. The trial then moved on to the deliberation phase. And after five hours of deliberating, the jury found Luke guilty of the murder of Jody and guilty of supplying cannabis, which was separate from the murder. But he was known to 
sell weed. On February 11th, 2005, Luke was sentenced to a minimum of 20 years. Luke has appealed his sentence multiple times, but has been unsuccessful. He's about to get out though, huh? He maintains his innocence still today. And because of this, it seems like he could remain in prison for an indefinite amount of time since he refuses to say he's guilty. Wait, they'll keep him in there? Yeah, if he won't. Well, it's definitely not helping him. So he's like like 20 years. He's He was... 14. He's going to be 35, 34, 35. And he might have been able to, you know, get out if he said that he was guilty, but because he won't say that, they they haven't let him out. So a lot of people point to that as well, saying if he was guilty, why wouldn't he just say that in order to get out? Why would he maintain his innocence? I'd probably say I did it just to get out. So many experts believe that he should either have his conviction overturned or he should receive a new trial. They've claimed that there are over 120 items of evidence that haven't been tested and prosecutors and police have allegedly been caught trying to destroy multiple pieces of evidence not too long after a documentary questioning Luke's guilt came out. So this documentary on Channel 5 came out called Murder in a Small Town and they were basically saying how flimsy the evidence was. I mean, kind of. The the documentary was about the murder of Jody and the trial and his conviction, but it was, you know, kind of calling out how flimsy of a case they had. So after that came out, they tried to destroy evidence. In Scotland, they're supposed to keep evidence for at least 12 years after proceedings from a serious crime finish. This includes appeals. So since the last appeal for Luke was in 2014, they should have kept the evidence until 2026. The officers apparently halted destruction after the lawyers brought this up, but it's not clear how many pieces of evidence had already been destroyed. Luke's legal team has thought about suing the prosecutors because of this. And his team also alleges that a used condom was found near the scene of Jody's murder and that the man tied to it admitted to masturbating a couple hours after the crime occurred. But how could he have done this without seeing Jody's body? Just goes down to the local trail where the kids walk? So he claims that he masturbates near the woods and the path because he shares a room with his brother. His house is located pretty close to the crime scene, but... The prosecutor has come out and said that the sample taken from the condom does not match the person that they had said that it matched, which I am i don't think I'm going to name him just because it's not totally clear if it matches or not. But if you research it, you can find, you know, you can find his name and find out more about him. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, it's this You're is why it's such a controversial case, because that should have been a huge red flag to police. And. A lot of experts agree to that, and they wonder why they didn't do a little bit more investigating into that. There's a young woman, young girl, who's murdered. You find a used condom right next to the body, or really close, and you're not doing anything about it. Like, that's part of the original find. It had to have been. It didn't come out until a few years later, so I'm not quite sure about the timeline of that. That is not totally clear to me. But yes, well, you would think so because how would it still be there? Like you know, yeah. They they said that it was like fresh, like it it had just been done. And one of the attorneys talking about this said he would have basically had to have stepped over her body in order to do this. Like it's really seems really unlikely that he would have been able to go out there and do this without seeing her. 
Yeah. And I want to retract my statement when I said that I would just say I did it to get out. I would not. Yeah. I would not. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be in prison, but if I didn't do that, there is absolutely no way that you could get me to say I did. Yeah. No matter what. Same with me. I, I don't think that I would be able to do that because your dignity and reputation and the fact that the person who, if you really didn't do it, you know that someone a person did. that you cared about was murdered by someone else. And if you say that you did it, then no one's going to keep looking for the person who actually did it. You know right. that justice hasn't been served. Right. So that's the thing. And I, I believe that Jody's family um, feels very certain that they got the right person. So I don't want to, they have a much better understanding of the case than I do. So of I course. definitely give that some weight, but also it's easy for police and the court system to make people believe that they've got the right person. They've done the right thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We've seen it in other cases. Yeah. I um thinking about that, you know, this is, it's such a tragedy. It reminds me of that song by the offspring where they're talking about, you know, one kid's a waste and the other one's, what is it? One kid's wasted and the other's a waste. And that's what's going on. Like that's, you know, one kid's gone, the other's in prison for life. Yes. Like whether he did it or not, this is tragic. Yeah. And it's devastated both families. His mom now lives in like a shed with no running water, no what? no electricity, oh. no toilet. She's like been ostracized kind of. Yeah, she had a caravan business, but it kept being vandalized and she ended up losing it and so yeah. So her life is ruined. Yeah. And I think um Jody's family hasn't, you know, been talking to the media as much because they probably just want to try to find some peace and they have no reason to. They're not advocating like his mom is talking to the media a lot because she's trying to advocate for her son to get out right. of prison and for them to reinvestigate. So, you know, we don't know as much about Jody's family, but I am sure that it devastated the family. How could that not? I oh, mean, I mean, the loss of a child is is tragic when it happens from natural things, but murders in such a brutal, brutal way. The other thing too is I'm not going to go through all of the other suspects because there's I don't. There's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, there's there's you know several, and I don't want to put any names out there. Right. If there's not any like great evidence that they did it. Right. And plus, like, if you can find it, if people are out there listening and they want to dig deeper and, and, you know, whatever they can. Yeah. Yeah. You can definitely find this information if you want to. So I want to get a little bit more into the moped man that I mentioned earlier. One of them with at the least. curly hair that cut it, that cut it off himself. Yes. So similar to Luke, how it seems like there's a few coincidences that stack up to make him not look so good. That's the same with this man. So he is actually the second cousin, I believe, of Jody, oh. And he was supposed to meet up with her brother that night, but he ended up not doing that. He rode his moped down Roan's Dyke to yep. um, meet up with one of his other friends. And it was around the exact same time that Jody was murdered. Those things put together also don't look super great when you're supposed to be meeting up with the brother of brother the deceased. Of, yeah, brother of the victim and you end up not going. 
and you're in the area that she was murdered in and then you cut all your hair off when witnesses come forward saying that there was a man following her who had curly hair. It's a lot of coincidences that don't look great. So it's such a controversial case. People definitely feel very strongly about their position. And then there's others like me who are in the middle, like I'm not quite sure either way, but I definitely feel like at the very least it should be reinvestigated because- I mean, if, if you can't convince someone beyond a reasonable doubt, you can't put the kid in prison. Yeah. You can't. And it seems like some of his rights were violated. Railroaded almost, but maybe not. You know, there's stuff that we don't know. Right, right, exactly. (sighs) And there's like, you know, things coming out from one side, like the condom thing, saying that they found a match to someone and then the prosecutor saying that it is not a match. What does that even mean? Yeah, I, I don't know. And a lot of people believe that the media also, you know, kind of going along with his rights being violated, played a huge role in him getting convicted because they reported on it. They put his name, they put his picture all in the paper and he was a minor. Yeah. So it seems like people kind of made up their mind before the trial. Like, was it possible for him to get a fair trial after all of that happened? That's what a lot of people question. Yeah. I will, before we talk about the song i'll quickly again i'm not gonna name him but i'm gonna just very quickly touch on one other suspect that the defense has brought up it was a man who used drugs a lot and who hung out in that area a lot his friend came forward and said that he had seen him a couple days after this occurred and he had scratches on his face really but it sounds like the friend is not the most credible person in the world. It sounds like maybe he was trying to make money off of the situation. Like maybe he wasn't that good of a friend, huh? Yeah. So I'm a little skeptical of him, but I just wanted to mention that because it is something if you do want to research the other suspects, it is something that will come up. I don't find it super compelling. but She'd probably have... DNA under her fingernails, if that was the case. Yes. Yeah, you would think so. Yes, absolutely. And there was some other DNA found on her, but like, for instance, her sister's boyfriend's DNA was found on the either her or the sweatshirt, but the sweatshirt belonged to him. So, yeah, she borrowed a sweatshirt. Yeah. So there were some other, you know, DNA samples that were matched to people, but it wasn't. Again, it could have been, it seemed like it was innocent transfers, similar to what they said about her and Luke. Now, you mentioned that it was an innocent transfer and that they weren't going to use it in in court, did they? No, they didn't. Okay. And one of the big things, too, that I question and other people question is this was obviously a very bloody murder. Right. Where's all the blood? You would think that the suspect would have blood all over them and... If that was the case, then Luke would have had to have gone home and showered to get all the blood off of him. Which would leave residue in the shower. Right, but there was no blood found at his house. And police described him as being kind of dirty. Like they said it didn't look like he had showered recently. So it seems from their perspective that he, he didn't shower that day. But if he did, there should you would think have been blood 
somewhere in the house. And if he didn't shower, there'd be blood on him. Right, exactly. You can't do something like that and, and not get blood on you. Yeah. And I mean, because he definitely was not um, the most hygienic person in the world. They found bottles of pee in his room. Mm. You know, some some strange things. He was kind of a gross teenage boy. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's a 14-year-old emo kid, of course. Yeah. So, All of that makes sense. I mean, I don't personally understand the pee bottles in the room, but some people said it might have been related to gaming. But yeah, so it's just kind of hard to reconcile all of those things. And it it just is so, so tragic because mm-hmm. a young girl was murdered, brutally taken way too soon. And a young boy was sent to prison. And it's not totally clear if he actually committed it or not. So I really feel for both families, but especially Jody's family. And I think that the fact that she will forever live on, obviously because of the people that she touched, but she has now touched the world because, you know, a song was written about her that it memorialized her in a unique way that Mm -hmm. has allowed her story to spread much further than just to the people that she you know, individually touched and whose memory she will forever live in. Mm -hmm. The one thing that I do find kind of comforting comforting is the fact that she was very into poetry and very into music and a musician wrote a song about her. I think that that's something that she would have appreciated a lot, if that makes sense. Yeah. And if they were, you know, emo kids or whatever, they probably knew a bit about the killers. Yeah. So I'll read some of the lyrics. He wrote the song from the perspective of Jody's mom. Oh. A police car was outside your house today. I haven't seen you in a couple of days. They knocked on your door and then they went away. Your mother looked scared, but she didn't cry. She didn't cry. On one hand, I've got myself to blame, but on the other, it's always the same. Follow suit. Shake your head. Tell me that it's a lie. I don't want you for dead, but I want you to die without a good friend on a sunshine. I know I want survival, but you don't know why. Where is she? Where is she? Where is my baby girl? I've seen you. You're crazy. What have you done with my whole wide world? On one hand, I've got myself to blame, but on the other, it's always the same. Follow suit. Shake your head. Tell me that it's a lie. I don't want you for dead, but I want you to die. Without a good friend, on a bad day, without a soft surrender, but what do you say? So it's as if she's talking to Luke Mitchell. Yeah. And then it goes on. All of these tears that we've cried, all of these tears that we've cried, where is she? Where is she? Where is my baby girl? Oh, I've seen you. You're crazy. What have you done with my whole wide world? Yeah. So I would definitely encourage everyone to look into the case and, you know, make up your own mind based on what you can find. But, you know, in the in the mess of trying to figure out whether or not Luke is guilty and who might have done it, it's definitely very important to remember Jody and most important. Yes. And I know that people do. I just, you know, sometimes I think in these cases where it's really controversial, the victim sometimes gets a little lost and I hate to see that. Happens all the time. I don't know all the names of the people that a lot of famous serial killers have killed, but I know a lot of their names. And and it's because that's what's focused on. And I think that that's wrong. Yeah. Like Jody is the one that we need to be focusing on, her family. Yeah. And also, in this case, you know, if, if Luke is, is innocent, 
then he's a victim too. Exactly. Right. The other thing too is apparently he was set to be sent to a prison that's supposed to help transfer him to the outside world since his sentence is starting to come to a point where he can apply for parole. And they ended up denying him because he didn't pass a random drug test. And I hate, I hate when the state weaponizes either A, a disease, addiction, or B, maybe you're not an addict, but you use drugs for some reason, probably because you're in prison. You're locked and, in a fucking cage. Yeah. And that's what he said. He said, yes, I, I've used drugs because of this situation that I'm in, the conditions that I'm living in, the way that I'm being treated. And I and just when hate was this, seeing that. when was this drug test given? Four years before they were going to transfer him? Or was it two days? You know, they do that. They stack up these, what they call tickets, and use it against you at the end of your sentence. It's absurd. Yeah. And I, I just really hate to see addiction or mental health issues weaponized. I really, really don't like that. Uh, same. So I, I thought that was important to mention. But yeah, I think, you know, we always try to be a victim centered podcast. And of yeah. course, if, you know, Jody's family heard this and they did not like the conversations that we had, we would take it down right away. Yeah. I never want to hurt any victim's family. We only talk about these things because, A, I do think it's important to talk about victim stories. And B, I think that, you know, a lot of people want to try to have some understanding of why these things happen. And that's why, you know, we talk about it so much. But I don't want to ever hurt anyone while doing that. Right. We don't need to further harm. Right. Exactly. So... That's the case of Jody Jones and how her murder inspired the song Where Is She by The Killers. And we will be back soon with another case. I just want to very, very quickly say thank you so much to everyone who has subscribed and rated the podcast. It helps us so, so much. Sure does. And we are so grateful. I'm so grateful for everyone who listens. Thank you all so much. I love you all so much. And We will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. 
So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.